Welcome to the 12th episode of the Keep Agile, Keep Farming podcast with your hosts, Nick and Gwen. Now, adversity can bring the worst of times, but it can also be responsible for dramatic personal growth in ourselves. Adam Williamson, an Australian thoroughbred horse stud farm manager, faced adversity in his own family and farming operation. But to combat hardships brought on by extreme drought conditions, he decided to go back to university to study for a degree in precision agriculture. In a dynamic agricultural world, keeping our minds agile is imperative. Adam's story is a great example of the benefits of education not only early on in our lives, but throughout our whole life. Going back to university helped him take control of a difficult situation and create opportunities. But for him, it does not stop there. Adam won a Nuffield scholarship, which he's using to continue his learnings through his travels researching soil health and the link it has with horse health and well-being. I was just uh, cruising along in life, as one tends to do, um, and I, I was very agriculturally based, but I, I was just one of those people that was working and working and working um, with no specific goal. I have, to, I have to admit, there's no specific goal in there. And um, two major events happened in life that... Um, uh, really focused myself. Um, a long-running event was the three-year drought in Australia, which was really extreme and caused quite a lot of hardship. Um, I had quite a lot of financial difficulties and just living through the drought itself is actually really, it's a really interesting space um, psychologically and, and, um, and how, how you have to deal with that. Um, the other the other issue that happened right in the middle of that drought and um, and when I did have uh, quite a lot of stress on my uh, father took his own life um, quite unexpectedly and um, and we ended up um, going through that process where um, there's there's a fair bit of interaction within the within the family, and there's a fair bit of interaction within yourself. And so, in those times, I actually found that I came off pressure that those pressures by engaging in uh, education and 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 then research. Uh, the education side was was basically a time time related issue because it. Came, it was derived from the drought where I previously had had um, a lot of time that I spent on production. I was a hay farmer as, lo- as well as a, a, a thoroughbred um, uh, farmer as well. And with there being no irrigation water and, and just terrible seasons, I couldn't grow any hay. So that part of my life ceased and I had to fill it with something. And I thought, what better way to fill it than with... Uh, Education and I, um, I started a precision agriculture degree with uh, what is University of New England, just uh, up from us here. And anyway, I really engaged in that and, and really enjoyed that process, and it, and it really changed my mindset on how I approached my agriculture. 
and how I approached um, my own re- relationships and, 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 and changed a lot of life. And, and I suppose further on from that, um, you know, I, I, I took more zest in life um, and, and, and really put myself out there to look for more opportunities. Um, rather than cruising along doing what I'd always known, which was production agriculture, um, and and it did um, it 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 did end up with me investigating the uh, the Nuffield Scholarship Group, and um, in two thousand and twenty two, I became a, a Nuffield Scholar. I mean, at the time, it must have been a very you know financially very kind of difficult time for you, and I mean, some people might. Th- think that you know going into education would in, would increase the financial pressures on you it, w- was that your experience i suppose it was nick we're very fortunate in australia to have a, a hex system um so we can we can um mainly do our education uh, and pay it back at a later date um that enabled uh that process um i myself even though I'm a very, I'm a, a bit, it's I'm a bit of a paradox because my great passions are analysing, and I've spent a large portion of my working life in analyst style roles, and I'm currently a chair of uh, corporate services in town here for the local council, and um, you know my interests along there. However, I have very little. <laughs> I've little, very little interest in my own money and my my own financial well being, which is right. which is sort of a little bit of a paradox. But we run with these things, and mm. I suppose um, that lack of interest in in that side has has freed me up to uh, invest in in an agriculture and invest in my own headspace. It, it also sounds as if it was quite therapeutic for you as well, given the background that you came into this from. Oh, definitely so. I, and I think I think what I what I missed, and, and when I've sp- spoken to to many farmers, uh, we're very routine based people, and I think people like routine. And and when I see farming, I really miss simple things in life that most people gripe about, and myself included. Um, changing irrigation pipes and moving electric fences and you know, little process work that happens like clockwork every day, but they really ground life. Yeah. And um, you get a little bit lost after, after losing that. And I think the education actually allowed my, me to give myself structure within my own self. And I'm just spitballing this, Nick. I'm thinking this through on the fly here. But it probably gave me systems-based thinking and uh, structure within my own self to replace those things that I'd lost from um, that specific part of farming life. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gwen? Yeah, I mean, I'm very passionate myself about lifelong learning and have turned to education at several points in my life. And I've always found it really rewarding and, and, and reinvigorating. And to some extent, you've, yeah, I mean, you've echoed that as well. And I um, just wanted to ask you if you have... Did you find the experience of going to university in your forties? How did you find that? Well, I I did my studies um, from a, a an external external um, capacity, so I was still working a full time job. I was working a full time job and doing a loading of say 
two units or one unit, depending on other issues in life. But um, oh, look, I found it fantastic. I, I did I did a university degree. I did a Bachelor of Business back when I was in my 20s. And uh, very different experience to that because I actually <laughs> I actually wanted it. Yeah. I wasn't there just to, just to party. Uh, although it was terrific to be able to escape my life and go up and, and do residential schools and meet with people and network with with people from what is all around um, Australia um, at the time and, and some of the international students. And, and even just that process just opened up my mind and, and viewpoints on, on certain um, topics. And, and, yeah, I just found it a... a a really good experience 20 years after my first uh, foray into in the university life. So it's something that you would recommend to others to do as well then? Oh, definitely. I mm. think I think lifelong learning is so important for everybody in, in any capacity. I and mean, there's no there's no requirement to to go to university to do something. If you, I, I know many people who've started a trade, a uh, mechanical, mechanical trade or gone back into mechanical engineering or, or mm-hmm. civil or, um, or any of the professions as well. Um, I think we were preached uh, throughout our generation, we were preached that we were going to have different jobs every two years. I think that's a bit unrealistic, but the idea that we reskill ourselves every two years is, um, is a really productive one I think Gwen yeah because it I agree I mean it helps us to adapt into new challenges a bit better as well and yeah oh definitely and um you know we're living in a time of of um new challenges they they're popping up left right and center it's uh it's a it's a very dynamic world we live in right now and and that uh you can look at that from a few perspectives. Um, many will look at it from a fear perspective. Um, I suppose myself, I, I, you know, I, I drive the lifelong learning into myself because I see that as, um, as an opportunity in a, in a world where it is changing all of the time. And, you know, even my degree, I did a precision ag degree and, it was irrelevant after 18 months because the world is moving so fast. I mean, what, what kind of things did that entail, uh, Adam, the precision ag degree? What kind of things were you uh, studying? Oh, look, it was a, um, anything from, uh, from the agronomic side of things, the base, the base agronomics and the soil, soil health and um, ge- geology and um, moving then into more of the uh, GIS and technological processes involving involving how satellites work uh, and how all of our um, GPS tractor systems work and don't work and how they're progressing. So um, all of those all of those sort of capacities in that field, and then also livestock as well, um, looking at walkover way systems and all of the technology coming online you know making our agriculture today so productive did you feel that you know you could apply that to your business um i mean coupled with the the scholarship that that you received as well um were you able to apply those those new skills and and 
you know, the things that you'd learned? Yeah, look, definitely, Nick. And it's been a, a really interesting experience because a, a lot of what I learned, uh, like, like most university degrees, uh, you, you're not necessarily going to utilise the specifics of the, the course um, but is the approach and, and understanding the approach of the systems. Um, so for me, understanding how technology works and, and uh, where the opportunities might, might lie really helped me um, to develop uh, my agronomy uh, from, my, from my day job. My day job is a farm manager at a, at a, a thoroughbred racehorse stud and um that's been really that's been really life changing in in the way that i um i approach my agronomy in that but um also in other areas of life i do have a a little side hustle where i build uh subsoilers um now that's part of my a bit of um my father's business which uh, was a spin off from his feedlot equipment and currently my mother still runs the feedlot equipment um side of the business and i know i look after the uh the subsoiling side of the business and it's an it's enabled me to to really speak and and listen to farmers and and potential customers and researchers that i work with in that space you know for for what i hope is positive um outcomes yeah, I was reading um, as part of the research that you started, you're looking into ground compaction and the impact on the well-being of performance of racehorses. So how do you think, um, you know, if you're improving that, it's going to benefit racehorses? So my topic of, um, of the compaction in the, in the um, equine pastures came about uh, because I've worked with the thoroughbred industry for going on 14 years now. And I suppose that going back, if I go back to the start with the drought, the one thing the drought taught me when I had very little control, because the one thing about the environment like that is you suddenly discover you have very little control over what you do. So I, I, I learned, I learned how to watch what was happening around me a lot more than I tried to control what was happening around me. And uh, when I did start to watch that, I very quickly noticed, you know, our major constraint in this system is the compaction that's happening um, within the the pasture systems. And so it, it got me thinking, you know, how can we approach this? Is there a solution to this problem? Maybe there isn't a solution. I don't know, but let's just keep chipping away and um, digging down to 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 what we can uh, positively impact in this in this pasture system. And um, it, it also works with my subsoil business as well um, because we're doing research in that area. I can fall back on some of the subsoil constraints, and, and because of my understanding. Through that and through my precision ag course and 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 just um, spending time in the paddocks, uh, that's that's sort of how I came to that um, that topic. And then, basic, very simply, if we get more pasture on the ground, better quality, theoretically, the books say your horses should be better. 
um, and better structured. And that was a, a real issue within uh, the thoroughbred breeding industry because we we no longer have any wastage of horses. So we have to make the most of all of our horses and, and provide uh, the best bone structure and the best muscular structure that those animals can have so they can make it around the racetrack and maintain soundness and maintain competitiveness for their for their owners and um, live a long and happy life. Mm-hmm. And, and you think it's like for them definitely also has a bigger impact compared to other livestock species or there's a, is there a difference between, between the two in terms of, you know, how your research is going to have an impact? Yeah, Gwen, uh, horses are not my background. My my background's in feedlot cattle, actually, but mm-hmm. a very a very mm-hmm. different system. Um, but but the horses are really fascinating to produce quality pastures for. They're very different to creating pastures for productive means, so dairy and and meat and 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 likes of that because with a horse you need to have it you need to have it growing strongly um early on in its life we we present horses as yearlings mm-hmm. to the sale and we want big strong horses at the yearling sales but the limiting factor on those horses is bone structure and if we have a horse that we've we've overgrown uh, they're going to have joint issues, and that's going to that's going to be a lifelong concern for those animals as they hit the racetrack and they put extreme pressure on on weakened joints, especially at a younger age. And and so you have to be very careful to um, maintain a very consistent pasture. And a pasture that's not necessarily rocket fuel, like you might want to stick into your cows or, or or another productive animal. Possibly similar systems would be maybe if you were looking at um, uh, other reproduction uh, based animals, the bulls or, or rams. You know, you you want an animal that hits the ground that you know is going to be sound for the majority of its life. And and that makes it really interesting. So, Adam, can you ever see, see a time where you go back to what you were doing sort of pre-drought days? Or do you think your career sort of moved on now to a more sort of technical role? It, it's it's funny, Nick. I was, I was having this conversation with some people the other day because my, my – you know how people talk about passions in life. My passion in life is feedlotting. But that was 20 years ago, and I went to go back to that. And all of a sudden, it's not my passion any longer. Um, I think your passion's whatever you're doing at the moment. And and I really, really enjoyed making hay, and I made hay for 10 years. And um, I think it's one of the, the greatest um, farming endeavours you can you can play around with. Um, would I like the inconvenience of hay now? My body's getting a bit older and a bit tighter. Probably not. Um, am I willing to to go out and, and maybe help and advise somebody a bit younger and a bit further myself? Most certainly. And and so I I see that I've I, I've slowly transitioned to a place now where 
I'm probably looking for the next uh, new bit of interest, I think, Nick. Um, you, you, your research is sort of, you know, taking you to foreign climes, I believe. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, definitely. So uh, I think you've had Nuffield Scholars on before, no doubt, and um, and uh, it's a pretty well known group. Yeah, within you're the first. Agricultural... <laughs> I'm a first, am I? Yeah, you're the first. Right. Oh, there's, that's a bit of pressure, then, Gwen. <laughs> um, I better not. Some one of them will be listening. Um, so I'll give a quick overview of the Nuffield guys. There's, I think, there's 1,800 of us around the world. And um, we get the opportunity through that group and through many fabulous sponsors. I'm sponsored by AgriFutures in Australia. And um, they, they've sponsored me a bursary for two years of travel. Now, we, we, we'll do 14 weeks of travel around the world. I've done three weeks of travel over to just the UK at the moment. And that was for a big conference that we have to meet all the other scholars. And we get such amazing access to agricultural areas um our trip over in the uk culminated in a day of um a day in westminster castle over there so government house and we were given an hour to grill their secretary of state and those are the sort of you know opportunities you get and and that's just mind-blowing for a fella from the sticks out at the back of new south wales Currently, uh, at the end of the week, I'm going to fly over to Zimbabwe with a, a, a few of my contemporaries, and um, we're going to start at the Savory Institute over there, which is going to be fascinating. And um, I think there's a fair bit of um, travelling around Zimbabwe for the next um, couple of weeks, looking at anything from grazing systems to crocodile systems and um, and oh, wow. yeah, with um, with some um, really fascinating Zimbabwean scholars that are that are through our international um, wing. Brilliant, yeah, fantastic! Yeah, so yeah, there'll be yeah. lots of inspiration then as well. I think that's always a good thing from traveling that you come back with completely new ideas just because of you've seen something very different. Oh, definitely, and that's and that's really the the idea behind the scholarship. Um, the, the Nuffield guys, it's a it's a long run scholarship. It's run for seventy five years, I think, and um, and started up post World War Two um, when the world was very short of food, and and um, we had concerns over food security um, more so than now. But now is now is a concerning time, um, and so it did give people the opportunity to go and look at other people's systems, bring that home, and utilize it in their own businesses, and utilize it in their industries as a whole and 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 benefit the the farming community and and the and the countries that they came from as well so i guess it's not only inspiring for you but for others as well to know that you know something really positive has come out of you know really really sort of challenging period in 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 your life i haven't really sat down to to think much about it nick um Mm. i've just kept doing things and and things pop up and I'll say yes um I'll do that and mm. I've suddenly found myself in a place where I have said yes quite a few things times to to things that are great opportunities and probably haven't spent that much time reflecting on it as of this point but mm. I really hope that um 
that if I can help somebody out through my story, then then that will have a positive effect on even if it's only one life, Nick. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think the rural industries across the globe, you know, are really suffering um, mm. to um, to really understand uh, where we are as a as an industry and and. Mm. And a lot of people struggle through isolation or through not knowing that they can actually get out of it. Sometimes the best mm-hmm. thing is just to get out of it, yeah. um, but it's really hard for many. But, yeah, hopefully hopefully we can at some point help somebody out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you will, and I'm, I'm sure people listening to this will also be very yeah. inspired. yeah. This brings us to the end of another episode of Keep Agile, Keep Farming. One of the things we love about podcasting is that we keep learning through the amazing stories and innovations of our guests. That's exactly right, Gwen. And we hope it's also had a positive impact on your learning journey. Let us know what you would love to learn more about and drop us a comment on Twitter at Agile Farming. So it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. Bye-bye.